Hello, this is Terry Cheek, pastor of Calvary Baptist Church in Marion, North Carolina. I want to thank you for choosing our broadcast, and my prayer is that it will be an encouragement to your walk with the Lord. Comments or questions can be directed to me via the link on our sermon audio page. Now, on to your selection. Tonight, turn with me to Matthew's Gospel, Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20, and I will begin reading with verse number 1 tonight. I want us to look at and think about for a little while tonight the laborers in God's vineyard. And more specifically than that, I want us to look at and understand our purpose of being laborers in God's vineyard. Not just in the work of the Great Commission, not just in the work of of reaching out and sharing the gospel, but in how we approach our duty and how we approach the duty of our brothers and sisters in Christ. So notice with me, Matthew chapter 20 beginning with verse 1. For the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. Again, he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle, and saith unto them, Why stand ye here all the day idle? And they said unto him, Because no man hath hired us. He saith unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard saith unto his steward, Call the laborers, and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. And when they came, they were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more. And they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the goodman of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst not thou agree with me for a penny? Take that thine is, and go thy way. I will give unto this last, even as unto thee. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Is thine eye evil, because I am good? So the last shall be first, and the first last. For many be called, but few chosen. Here our Lord gives a parable of sort. He tells a story about a man who owns a vineyard. And he goes into the marketplace to hire workers. Now understand this about the labor and how people were hired during this day. There was a a marketplace, much like what we would call the local flea market. You know, it was open every day of the week. And it is where all of the fishermen would bring their catch to sell. It is where 
all of the uh, the cattle farmers, everyone who had beef or meat to sell would bring it there, vegetables, or had had any type of trade to offer, they would go to the marketplace. Well, anyone who wanted a job, they would go to the marketplace every day and they would stand in a certain spot. Well, then when someone would come through looking for laborers, they would go to this place and they would see who was there and they would pick out you and you and you and you and they would agree on a wage for that day. And the regular and the average daily wage in this day was a denarius, which was one penny. Now, if you think wages are tough today at $7 an hour for minimum wage, with social assistance to support that, imagine the Roman minimum wage of one penny a day, and that's it. That's what these people were living on. Now, I'm sure it was worth more than our one penny, but nonetheless, it was the one penny a day. But that aside, that kind of gives you an idea of the backdrop of where Jesus was getting his story. But if you notice in verse 1, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder. The kingdom of heaven. That's where we need to be thinking tonight. That's where our mind and our heart needs to be going. Because Jesus was going to give us some information. He was going to tell us very quickly and very directly how the kingdom of heaven works. And a problem that was beginning to develop inside of his followers. A problem of jealousy. A problem of envy. A problem of slander. All kinds of those little quiet evils that go on behind the back. So he told the story of this man who went out to hire. And he started at around 9 o'clock in the morning. And he went back at noon. And he went back at 3 o'clock. And he went back at 5 o'clock. And he hired people at each one of these intervals. Well then when it came time to pay them, he called them in and he told his steward, which would have been his treasurer, to pay them what had been agreed. So they started with the ones that had been hired at 5 o'clock. And the ones that were hired at 5 o'clock, they give them all a penny. Those that were hired at 3 o'clock, he gave them all a penny. Those that were hired at noon, he gave them all a penny. Those that were hired at 9 in the morning, he gave them all a penny. Now those folks that were hired at 9 in the morning, wait a minute now, boss. Hold on. Wait just a minute. This isn't fair. This ain't quite right. We, we've been here all day long. We've been out in the hot sun. We've been the ones sweating and, and working and, and our hands are raw and our backs are broke and we're, we're burnt by the sun. And these that came in late in the afternoon, they get the same thing that we do. And Jesus, being the role of a householder, said, 
I do thee no wrong. I did you no wrong. Didn't you agree to work for me for a penny? And then they went their way. The householder said, or Jesus said, is it not lawful or right for me to do what I will with mine own? There's several pictures here that come back to the kingdom of God. The first one is there are people coming into the kingdom of God every day. There are people who are saved and born again every day. And they're coming into the kingdom of God. And they're stepping into roles as God is calling them into roles to serve Him and to do His work. We have to learn a lesson about this that we're not in the business of assigning God's work to people. We are in the business of recognizing how God has called people to use them and being instruments to help prepare them so they can do what God wants. That is our role as the church. Too often we find ourselves in a spot where what we want to do is we want to bring people into the church and see people come into the church. And we want to say, well now just wait a minute. You can't step up and do anything till you're approved, till we say that you can do it. And then you do only what we say you can do when, you, when we say you can do it. We better be careful. We're overstepping our boundaries in God's kingdom. Now it's true, people have to show themselves according to God's Word worthy of the calling they've been called. But if someone has been called and gifted for the work of a preacher, then it is not our role and our duty to say that he can't preach or she can't do any kind of teaching. She can't do the things that she's called to do or he can't do the things he's called to do because it isn't right for us or we don't agree with it. We, we can't say a person can't hold the office of a deacon until they're approved by us when God has called and gifted them and they are already in that work. I'm not saying that we're facing either one of those situations here in this church. But what I am saying is by using those as an example is that we have to be careful not to get into the business of assigning God's work to people based upon our convictions. Because we let our emotions get in the way. We let our feelings get in the way. We're very, very easily persuaded to allow things to convict us according to popularity according to how they can influence the church, according to what they can do in the best interest of the church. If we go back and if we look at all of the apostles that God had called here in the first church, in the early church, we will see that none of them met with the approval of people. None of them met with the approval of the Pharisees and the scribes. None of them met with the approval of the Roman government. None of them met with the approval of the people walking the streets. But yet God calls them. God calls and gifts His people yet today. But something else we need to see out of this passage 
is God's mercy. You see, when the householder comes in and he hires these people by giving the same one that they hired at 5 o'clock the same money of the ones that were hired at 9 o'clock, it is an act of mercy on everyone around. What if God gave each one of us according to how we deserve it? What would you wind up with as far as God's mercy? According to salvation, according to grace, what would you get from God if it was based on what you deserved? Based upon when you started work for the kingdom. If that's the case, there are Christians all across America tonight that wouldn't get anything from God because they've been sitting in a pew for 20, 30, 40 years and they haven't gotten up and done anything for God's kingdom. Nothing. But yet they have the same mercy in salvation as those who have hit the ground running and are still running today. God's mercy is based upon Him and His feeling and His what He gives. God hands out His mercy according to His rules and according to His standards. When Jesus comes down to the end, He said, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. This parable that we read is a description of what that statement says. Anytime you hear that, from now on moving forward, think of this. Think of Matthew chapter 20 verses 1 through 16. How Jesus describes His mercy and His service and His needs. And how He rewards and how He grants people access according to His standard. He goes on to say, For many be called, but few are chosen. What about those who may have been called to come to work that day, but never showed up? What about those that may have been standing in the marketplace that day and that householder didn't choose them? God's grace and God's mercy in our lives today is there because He chose us. Yes, we came to Him and we we called upon Him to be our Lord and Savior. We asked Him into our heart to save our souls and forgive us of our sin. We most certainly did. But we did that only after the Holy Spirit moved in our life and convicted us of our sin. Remember, God is three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. When God the Holy Spirit calls us and convicts us, God the Son forgives us when we come to Him and ask Him for that forgiveness. And God the Father claims us by adoption as one of His children. We were chosen. Some places in God's Word it is called the elect. And I'm not going to get into all of that tonight on how the elect is broken down and and the differences between dispensational views and Calvinistic views on the elect and all of those things. That's a different sermon at a different time. But what I want you to realize tonight is that you are here in God's service, in God's house tonight, 
because you were chosen to be here and you elected and you chose and asked Christ into your life as Lord and Savior and you are here. And you're here and you're experiencing the mercy of Jesus Christ tonight. So you are laborers in this vineyard. You are laborers in the vineyard of God and in the vineyard of Jesus Christ. It is the kingdom of God. When we read from God's Word and we understand that that the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. There are few people chosen and setting in the house of God and in the kingdom of God to do His work and to go out and try to spread the gospel into this community, into the world around us. That is our vineyard that we have been called And whether you have been called to work at nine in the morning, very early in your life, or whether you have been called to work at five in the afternoon, very late in your life. Anywhere in between, it's no, it doesn't matter. You have been called. And you have answered that call. Being called early in life doesn't make you any more important in God's kingdom than someone called later in life. point of the message is being involved in the kingdom growth and in the harvest and bringing the gospel into the world around us and putting the word of God into the hearts of people so the Holy Spirit can convict them and so others can be called and chosen to come join us in the harvest. That's what we should be striving for tonight. Do we want to fill up this church we can fill up we can take two approaches to filling this church we can put out all of the all of the games and all of the gimmicks and all of the glamorous things that we want to put out and we can draw we can draw in people by all kinds of shows and all kinds of other things going on that are nice good people draws and we can fill the house to capacity We can bring in great offerings. But there will be no presence of God. God will have no part in it. Because God has no glory in it. All the glory is the glory of man to man. The other aspect is to prayerfully look at ourselves and pray and seek the moving of God in the hearts of people and realize that we have a job to do. The job that we have to do is to take the gospel and to place it around this county, around this community, and to be praying for the presence of God in this building and in these services, for God to convict people, for the Holy Spirit to move in people's lives, for us to set aside petty little differences that's keeping God pushed to the back. Get rid of that stuff and let God come and let Him be a part of our hearts. Let Him be a part of our lives. Let Him convict people. Let Him get people on fire for Him. Let people come in that have a fervent spirit to worship God, to shout the rafters off of this place, to praise Him, to glorify Him, to do His work. 
to do His work. That's how we fill the seats to the glory of God. By lifting up Jesus Christ. By lifting Him up to all people all around us. It's all about Jesus. Or it's all about nothing. It's all about Jesus or it's all about man. It's all about Jesus. Or it's all about money and finance. And it's all about all of these other things. It's all about the world and all about materialism. Or it's all about Jesus. If it's all about Jesus, the budgets will be met. If it's all about Jesus, hearts will be saved. Souls will be saved. Hearts will be changed. If it's all about Jesus, everything that happens will happen according to what God has promised in His Word if it's truly all about Jesus. So where do we stand moving forward? Are we going to worry about where we came into the vineyard? Are we going to worry about how long we've been in the vineyard? Are we going to worry about how meaningful and how well thought of we are in the vineyard versus how well thought of and how meaningful others are in the vineyard? Are we going to worry about our place in the vineyard? Or are we going to worry about the results of gathering in the cross? Are we going to worry about gathering in the lost souls? Are we going to worry about bringing those in that are need to be reclaimed in the church? We're going to have to face that decision. And whether we do it vocally or whether we do it privately, we're going to have to face it. We're going to have to make that decision. And how God uses us is totally up to us and how we're willing to respond to Him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for Your time. Thank You for Your Word. Thank You for Your moving tonight among us. Lord, I pray that we would we would want to see the vineyard come in. I pray that we would want to be and have a hunger and a desire to be out lifting up Jesus. To be praying about and bragging about what Jesus is doing in this little when people hear us bragging about our church, they're going to want to come to our church. Lord, when they do come, they're going to want to see for themselves the moving of God among His people. And I pray that we find that moving, and I pray that we embrace that moving, and I pray that we lift You up and glorify You. Now, Heavenly Father, I, I thank You for those who give of their time their dedication to come on Sunday night. And God, I thank You for Your moving. And Lord, I pray that I pray that You would continue to keep a hunger and a thirst going in the hearts and the lives of this church. A hunger and a thirst for Jesus Christ. 
and that we may feast upon His Word and that it may never leave us dry. In Jesus' name I pray.